0: Welcome to episode 67 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I have got a great guest for us today, Carrie Rome. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I am so happy to be here. Well, I am
0: so happy to have you, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So guys, Carrie Roam is a self-declared recovering CPA <laughs> who can somehow manage both left and right brain activities. So already we know we've got like an unusual one on our hands. Um, admittedly, right brain activities are where he thrives. So how you ended up as a CPA, love to know. Um, constant admirer of smart ideas and an avid or maybe addicted podcast and audiobook listener, but that is for a reason. It wasn't until Audible and podcasts that Carrie discovered he was an auditory learner. And for years, he struggled with reading comprehension. And ever since this discovery, it's a whole new world that's opened up for him. He's married, he's got three daughters, so he's right in the thick of it. And other than work, he likes lake time and traveling. So we now know a lot about you, but really nothing yeah. about you. Um, <laughs> So tell me something, tell me a little bit more like CPA, and now what are you actually doing with your time?
1: Yeah, so CPA, I can go there first. Um, when I was in high school, I had a, a, a senior year in high school, high school I believe, um, I had a teacher say, you know what, start to think about what you wanna do with a career, and then I want you to go and interview somebody in that career. And so I went and interviewed a friend's father who was a successful business person. And I knew at that moment I wanted to own my own business. It was just, I knew, I knew that was going to be, I didn't know what the business was going to be. Now, my father is a dentist. And so for him, that's weird. How, how do you know that you want to do something, but you don't know what it is? And I said, I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. And he says, by the way, uh, I'm from Louisiana originally.
0: I was gonna add the accent's awesome. I love it. Yeah,
1: I'm <laughs> in Birmingham, and from so i have uh, from Louisiana. So I've got like a a uh, a, a, a Cajun Retneck accent. Or something <laughs> like that. Anyway,
0: I love I love all accents. It doesn't even matter for me.
1: Uh, long so long. so uh, my father says he says, okay, Carrie. Why don't you go talk to your Uncle Raul? True name, Uncle Raul. Well, Uncle Hi. Raul owns his own successful business. I go to see Uncle Raul. He says, well, what you want to do when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to own my own business. And he said, well, I think you need to major in accounting. Oh my gosh. I hung, smart. My, head. But I that's hung smart. my head. It's smart. It is smart. It's great advice. It was Probably some of the more painful advice that I'd received because I hated accounting.
0: Right, I hated- bad, bad advice for you possibly, like with your personality or, or brain processing. But you know, so many people when someone says to them like, "I want to own my own business," they're like, "Great, go chase your dreams, go learn entrepreneurship." Yeah. And really, if you want to be successful in your own business, you got to know the numbers, which are the backbone. That's so. I like that. That's you
1: know, he. That's exactly what he said. He said the reason why, and he gave me the reason why. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have followed his advice. He said, "It doesn't matter if you're doing really well, or you're doing really poorly. If you have to have someone tell you, your business is at risk." That's pretty good that's a
0: good line. Like that's, if you yourself can't forget, and I talk about this all the time, I talk about the cookie jar business, you know, yeah. cause I, I deal with micro businesses. So I talk about, you know, money comes in, you put it in the cookie jar, you need something, you take money out of the cookie jar. And as long yeah. as there's something on the bottom, you're doing well. Yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, 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 no. And I've worked with so many people, particularly if you have a sales mentality, you think revenue is income. Yeah. And it's not. It's not, you You can sell a lot and not make any mud, make any margin. Totally. And, and you, you're on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, get into accounting. Uh, ended up working at the largest CPA firm and advisory firm in the world at the time, Martha Anderson. Um, had a great run this, there. This is a
0: couple of years ago, just a, just a
1: couple. I know. Can you, I just <laughs> dated myself. Uh, so uh, was there. Again, I don't, I'm not a debit and credit person. I have to have um, something, uh, you know, bigger I'm. I'm looking towards. And so for me, the first two weeks of a new client was awesome because I could go learn the business. And as it turns out, I've got a, I can, I, my ramp up time, for learning about a business is very, very short i 've sort of got that business acumen it 's kind of just a, a thing that I have so I loved that, and I loved that sort of I you know jumped into that advisory piece and then just had to do the audit work um, but as i as I was going through that, it gave me exposure to a bunch of different businesses, which was really cool and um, yeah, back in back in two thousand and five, I started Uh, my company and, and was not, did not do any accounting. Uh, But I was going to, um, I I wanted to work with executives to help them solve business problems. Okay. Um, And in
0: 2005, I'm saying there weren't a whole lot of independent consultants floating around like we have today where like every other person is an independent
1: consultant. So how
0: how did you get that out there?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, there there was a company um, called HealthSouth in 2002, I think, 2002 or three, had this huge fraud scandal. And um, they had a firm out of Atlanta that got plugged in, ended up having 300 consultants out helping turn around HealthSouth. Uh, for three years. And I said, wow, that looks like a pretty good revenue model. I want to go do that. Uh, so I, I just did it. I, I, I started with myself. Actually, <laughs> you'll love this. Um, I had somebody that was going to do it with me and she decided last minute that, you know, she didn't want to, she didn't want to do it. And so, okay, I'm just going to do it myself. And if, if you have attorney friends, sometimes it's probably changed now, but sometimes attorneys will have a really, really nice office that where their clients come in and then they have what's called a work closet and, and that's where they go and kind of have paper everywhere. Well, I rented a friend's work closet <laughs> which is about the size of a small bathroom. And so I'm, I'm in there and, and you know this is sort of the first day. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I go by Starbucks. And I, I really wasn't overly familiar with the the building he was in. I would come in and parked as a visitor, not as someone who was actually employed. You know, going to have an office space there, which you park in a different spot. So anyway, I decided I'm going to get a Starbucks to celebrate my my uh, launching of my business. I'm walking up the steps because I couldn't try, find the the elevator, and I'm walking up the steps and I trip and I spill coffee all over the place.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: You know what I did? Uh, I said, no idea. I said, I am not starting my first day like this. I walked back down, got in my car, went back to Starbucks, got another cup of coffee, walked past my mess, which is probably symbolic, um, (laughs) and and just started. But when I sat down, when I sat down and it, it, it was a computer and an empty sh- sheet of paper, I got this burning sensation in my gut. Like, oh my gosh, it's all on me. It's all on me. Um, yeah, that was, that was 05. That is intense, but I actually love that. And I
0: think that, that that's such a great point. Like for all of everyone listening, guys, you know, sometimes something happens, right? And, and it could set off a whole chain of events and you could just undo it. You could just go back and say, "No, I'm not buying into this. I'm not That's going right. through this. I'm gonna walk around it. I'm gonna go and just redo." Let, let's, yeah. you know, I always say, "I wish there was like a Control Z on life." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could I? Could I just undo that? Just a like, Control Z. Whatever just happened. You know. But sometimes you can. You just you just
1: undo it. Yeah. Just go back not, pretend to happen. Do it again. You're right. You you brought up such a great point. Things are you're gonna get curveballs. I don't. It doesn't matter what business plan, whether it was something that was really detailed or on the back of a napkin it will go wrong and i think what happens often uh, is that when things start to go wrong people default to their technical ability and and and, and so n- not that I, I i love accounting but i could find myself spending time i don't make money doing accounting find a way to outsource that you make money selling what you say you're going to do, delivering on your promise, um, yeah. So, I love that.
0: Okay, so so you sit there, you're in front of a blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. and a blank screen, mm-hmm. and and I think that a lot of people can relate to this. Like I know personally, yeah. also, like I had to start my company three different times, yeah. um, and each time, like yeah, there was a certain amount of okay, I'm sitting in front of
1: most Here of nothing,
0: you know. Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you do first? What'd you do?
1: Mm. Uh, I did what I. Do not recommend others do. I bought everyone I know that would go. I bought them lunch or coffee. And I just, I I networked. I did this sort of soft, I'm not selling you anything, but uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't do, have a phone call. Start to, (laughs) to, you know, I probably, I would say that I, I, I launched with, a vision, but not really the tactics that were going to get me there. Okay. And I sort of stumbled through the tactics. Um, yeah, early on, I, I would say, I, you know, I, I did. I just sort of stumbled through it. I found my way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sort of natural networker. And, yeah, that and that's cert- what you tried to start doing,
0: just not maybe the most ideal way. How'd you get right. your first client? how that first one come in?
1: I did the work. I did the work myself, which was not my business model. My business model was to go architect a solution to a problem, then bring in a SWAT team to solve the problem. Then I go on and do the next one and I architect that team and then I bring in a SWAT team. And so I'm spinning up all these teams of people solving problems, right? That's
0: that's pretty much consulting in a nutshell, yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) So, but I had to go and do the first one instead of how did you sell the first one
0: like i wanted a lot of people before you start like once you get that first client i feel like you kind of open the gates yeah you know um and i know for me my first client was just a referral like i first got the client then i built the business um yeah Yeah. but it sounds like you sat down you said okay here i got business and a lot of people do that right they go Mm -hmm. yeah they put up their shingle and they're like I'm here and now right. single is a website. And like, I'm here. And I actually had someone call me. She's like, Estee, like, you know, I put up a website and I don't know, the phone didn't ring. I'm like, Yeah, Why is no one calling? What, what what do you think happens? You put it up and people just start finding you. She's like, Yeah, I'm like, uh-uh.
1: No, no, no. But
0: <laughs> that no. how it works.
1: Oh, so my how did gosh.
0: you get that first
1: person? Well, yeah. So this is pretty funny. So I worked at uh, I worked with uh worked out with an attorney who had uh, somehow invested in a company. And it was, you know how when you walk into uh, a Walmart and there's uh, there's the security officer that's not a policeman, but- um, He's just
0: security to like- Just,
1: just security, just like yeah. I have a uniform. That's about it. And probably okay. a walkie talk. Uh, he, had, he had walked into some sort of ownership in this business and he wanted me to go do some due diligence. And and he found out what I was doing. He said, "Hey, w- would you go help me with, with this?" I mean, at that point, I would have done. I would have changed his tire. I would have done anything.
0: I'm confused? The lawyer was the one who asked you, or the security guard? I I got lost. The, the
1: lo- sorry, the lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer who I knew.
0: Yeah. You had Jim Buddy, who's a lawyer.
1: Yeah. Who said, "Hey, I've I am um, I have found my way as as an investor." Meaning he probably didn't mean to, but somehow he. He ended up buying
0: into a business. He ended
1: up buying into a business. I need you to go do a little due diligence for me. Gotcha.
0: Okay, yeah. but where's the security guard come from?
1: That's, that's the business. That was the business.
0: Oh, the business was a business of sending out those kinds of security guards who are not policemen mm-hmm. who just kind of man the door, look official, usually kind of big guys.
1: Yeah, it's basically a temp firm that sends out people in uniforms to go look like a security now
0: guard. Wow, I am. Un- okay, that, I think that's where I got lost.
1: Yeah, sorry. Got it. No, that's right.
0: fine. I got I'm good now. <laughs> and hmm. that was the company. He vans away and He said, go do due diligence. Check it out. Like, and I love this. People are like, because they go backwards. Like, I bought into this company. Tell me if it was a good idea or not.
1: Yeah. I don't <laughs> think necessarily he bought in. I think someone owed him money and he kind of got it. I hear. Yeah. yeah. Either it, way. It, it, either it, way. Instead of the cash. All right. That either way. First Completely not my, you know, not even remotely close to my target customer, but it was, a. it was, it was the first thing, Right. right. Um,
0: okay, I like that. So then what was the second thing?
1: The second thing I believe so along the way I'd worked with another CPA and CPA called me and he said, "Hey Carrie, um I'm part of a it's a local CPA firm. He said, "I'm part of a member firm and our member firm has a a, a, a firm up in Rockville, Maryland and um they, they're proposed on some work with Coopers. Anyway, it turned out being this launch into working with the federal government. And, um, I, you know, they needed a team of 100. This I'm, I'm fast forwarding a little bit, mm-hmm. um, got to know them, uh, got to know PwC relationship. They needed a team of 100 and they had, Really, really big firms, and I put 13 people on the project out of 100, and so now I've got a cash flow problem because I have to I have to payroll people until 13 people starting all at once, traveling every week, which gets expensive, um, and then I had to float that for sort of 65, 70 days until I got paid.
0: Oh my gosh. See, this yeah. is big business consulting. And I try to explain this to people a lot because um, I, I told you, my specialty is micro business consulting. Yeah. Um, and it's completely different, right? Like, put together a team of 13 people, right? Like yeah. The small business could never, they couldn't even afford two or three, you know? And it's just, it's a completely different entity. But,
1: well, well, let me, let, me, let me challenge that. I was, I was micro. You were I micro, was- but the company you we're serving wasn't. You're the micro. Yes, yes. yes, And that's
0: why you got stuck because you jumped into the big game. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So what did you, because that kills a lot of people when they make those quick jumps. Like I always say, you can climb up any ladder you want, just not necessarily seven steps at a time.
1: Yeah, well, I like I like seven steps, but I had prepared for it. So I raised about $300,000. I put 100,000 in and the rest was friends and family. And um, I, I will say that I was uh, drawn up on my line of credit, um, the classic sort of, you know, uh, it was under a thousand dollars. I had no line of credit left. Wow. Payroll was due and I got a hundred thousand dollar check on a Tuesday.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes.
1: yes. And then, yeah. So it just
0: went from there. I love it. Yeah. So, so what's the specialty right because again in the general consulting world putting together teams solving problems yeah. Yeah. what's what's your specialty that you bring to the table in all these engagements
1: yeah so i'll, I'll start out with i was chasing any problem and i right. was i was always going uh, along the way i said i'm really tired of working on on problems uh, i want to start working on opportunities i want to start working on where of the vision of where a company's going, hence the Caged Vision podcast, right? Um, And so uh, we've, along the way, we've also developed some software, but I'm working with CEOs of middle market (laughs) growth companies, and I'm helping them get what is oftentimes a a vision for where they want to go, get it out of their head into a plan and then work with their team to execute. And then we also use that same, uh, we we help bring the strategic resources to help get it done faster. That's the space.
0: Nice. I like that. Yeah. So what would be like an example of the journey? Like, can you give me like a, a, not necessarily a case study, but kind of like that? Like someone comes and then they do this and then you do this and then this cool thing happens from it. Like,
1: what does it look like? Okay. Yeah. So an example of a current day, Um, journey is I work with either the CEO or some C level and they've got something that is they have a strategy PowerPoint that's basically uh, it's real heady it's very over intellectualized
0: can you give me like a real example like without giving let's say any client names for privacy and stuff like give me like an industry and tell me like what was their big strategy like like I like when things are super practical because I find okay. that it makes it so much more relatable and people can absorb it, can can use it. So like right, this was you. the company, this was the industry and they were trying to stand on a mountain and then I told them you should first stand on a hill and then I showed them how to climb and got them shoes, like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Well, let me give you one that is a um, a, comp- a manufacturing company. Okay, what do they make? Um. They make s- things for roofs.
0: Okay, like roof tiles.
1: More, or, more of like or more shingles. What, or, more of what supports the roof tiles.
0: Okay, like yeah. the stuff that goes under it so they don't slide off.
1: For big corporate, not a, not a, not a. Um, if if a gate, if I told you what it is, it'd sort of lead to the who the company is, which is why I'm being okay.
0: fair enough it's like one of these like very technical manufacturing not the kind of thing an everyday person would ever buy very much more like in the construction b2b space
1: if you're in the commercial building space you know yeah okay
0: so commercial building space big big b2b got it
1: yep so uh they they need to increase um and i'm gonna get a little geeky here on the accounting piece but they would need to increase their margin, profit margin, without nice. increasing their sales price. And so-
0: Nice, okay. Can we sense? just train, I wanna translate for the audience. Yeah, for yeah. me, totally. I, I'm total number and techie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a CIO for six and a half years. Oh like- yeah. I breathe numbers, I love them. Um, So guys, just for what you understand, right, so we've got gross revenue, that's the total amount of money that comes in, then you've got gross profit, that's what comes in after your cost of goods sold, then you've got net profit, that's the money you actually get to keep in your pocket. right, so let's say the whole thing, um, so you're talking about the top piece of the margin, just the COGS margin?
1: What yes, yes. I'm right. Yes.
0: So that top piece, right? So guys, between the gross revenue and the gross profit, right? They want to make that fatter, that they're earning more in that top part. It's costing them less and they're earning more without having to raise prices, which is a fun challenge. Like if we're not gonna sell it for more, then we have to do something, get it for cheaper, streamline something yeah. to be earning more money on it without charging the customers more.
1: Okay, cool. Now go. Yeah, I just like exactly. to translate sometimes. Thank you for translating. Yeah, and the reason for that is, you know, you just said it. You know, we, everybody would just increase their prices. But at some point, the market says, no, I'm not. I'm totally. Not, you you hit yeah. that
0: ceiling of like, yeah. you know, you've lost people or like I teach my clients, you know, if you're going to raise your prices at a, you have a very small window before you have to totally shift the brand, change what you're offering. Like everything has to shift. You can't move one thing without moving a whole lot of things. And in certain industries, there are ceilings and that's it. Like you just, you can't.
1: Exactly. So in this particular instance, I unpack what the CFO wants based on what he needs to deliver based on what the CEO wants. As I start working with their team, uh, I, I understand that there's are six manufacturing facilities and they're running a 20 to 40% overtime rate. Ooh. There's, that's low hanging fruit, right? Yeah. You're that's an e- easy one. Oh, just, oh, we have to
0: translate again, guys. So, 20 to 40% overtime rate means that they're Overtime rate means they're paying people more on those hours. So there must be understaffed have. or yeah, they're they're either understaffed or they're just not working efficiently or something's going on, but there's a whole lot of extra money being spent there. That's just like, well, if I just hire more people or I make them more efficient, boom, that cost of labor is like way down.
1: That's right. That's right. Wow. So you've got you've got a challenge of um, six different operating plants. That each have a plant plant general manager that's in charge of their own, like it's sort of like their own company, right? Totally. And were the okay. rates
0: consistent across all facilities, or was there one or two facilities that were kind of ruining the curve yeah, for everybody? There,
1: there were there were a few that were peaked, and you they will know, get in there's some complexities around that. Yeah. But in the end, as we started to unpack this, we said, okay, in order to achieve the goal that we want, we need wouldn't it wouldn't it be better to get and you're gonna love this from it as as a recovering CIO. Wouldn't it be good if we looked at the data that we have and see if we can put that in the hands of the salespeople to look at scheduling to determine whether or not we're selling into an already packed schedule? Interesting. And if we do that, there may be times where we have we are operating under capacity and therefore it might make sense to discount the product. But if we're over capacity, we're already spending 20, 40%. Don't sell something at a discount then you're killing margin even worse so if we can take that information that we have move that to the front train the sales team we can really start to move the needle on this margin thing
0: i like that a lot and I actually just speaking to a client this week it's a micro business small business they're not so micro they got they've got like 40 key employees and another um, couple hundred contractors they're kind of mid-sized um and but from when they started, their sales team was siloed. When I teach micro businesses, I teach them to integrate their sales um, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but their, mark, their main marketing guy was a corporate guy. And so he came in and he immediately siloed marketing, sales, HR, everything went siloed. And, and this is exactly the kind of thing that happens. Right? So guys, yeah. siloed meaning like an independent. So the sales team is not communicating with manufacturing, is not necessarily communicating with marketing. And so they might be driving a ton of sales that are even discounted when people are being paid overtime and boom, everything's, all the money's getting E10. <laughs> yeah,
1: Esty, when I, when I started to talk to the director of IT and I said, hey, uh, I, I said, show me the entire process overall. And then I want you to map where the data is. Or where do we get, where do we have information? Mm-hmm. And, and he's there, he said, why would we want to give the salespeople this information? Couldn't fathom it.
0: Ah, oh, I can't stand it. It's but,
1: so... It, because that was, but that's not his job. His job was to make sure the IT infrastructure was up and running.
0: I know, but it's almost like in these companies, like it's almost like departments compete with each other. But they're supposed to be like it, it's like their hands that are like you know digging nails into the other hands. It's like I'm sorry, do you guys realize you're part of one body? Like you're supposed to be working together here, not like trying to kill each other.
1: Yeah, so much of it is 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 um, solving for the problem you created. Yeah. And and it's in silo, but, you know, if, if for a micro business, it's not any different. It's just smaller.
0: It's smaller and it depends on the business owner, right? So some business owner, everybody has some superpower, you know, and some sub superpowers and then some like, you know, kryptonite, (laughs) you know, and, and, and the best thing is obviously leverage your powers, you know, and, and kind of sub not substitute supplement. Yeah. Right, um, and what will happen though is is they'll get contractors or other independent professionals who don't communicate with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. And who don't
0: necessarily and the business owner may not be able to kind of absorb all of it. and so like, it's one of the reasons we actually built our company we're full service creative consultancy for micro businesses. Mm-hmm. So you'll get the finance guy tells you that you have to spend like you can't spend more than X. You get the marketing guy who says you have to spend X plus 10 and you get you know the operations person who says, well, you know we can't work with any of this you know so we need a yeah. whole different set and and no one's no one's overseeing the whole thing. Um, and as the companies get bigger, it only gets, worse but i love that you went after the sales schedule because most people would just say okay you know we got the overtime let's minimize that let's get production going more steadily i love that you went because business really is one body all the pieces yeah. Yeah. really make a difference that's such a cool idea so wait then what happened i'm like i'm, the, I'm such a geek i'm on the edge of my seat i'm like then what happens, that what happens? This
1: is my bed um yeah then what happens is i move into the other we're in the process of getting that information in the hands of the salespeople. And then I'm moving into the IT department and figuring out what we can do to shore up that component of the business. But everything you just said about the disconnected nature, that's the problem we solve. I love that. And we use the system we've developed and the software we've created and a client portal and we eliminate all of that. Now, I will say it is not, you don't snap your fingers and it happens. It's a discipline that you commit to. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
0: I love that. That's awesome. So what would you tell a small business owner? Because it starts. It sounds like you, you, know, you work with more, like you said, middle growth companies. These yeah. are obviously larger companies. Yeah. Um, our listeners and you know, my audience is, is more like these micro businesses, solopreneurs, mid-sized companies, or, or would-be yeah. entrepreneurs. What would you tell them is something really important as they build from that more foundational place?
1: Yeah, I'd love uh, the solopreneur's journey. I think the fundamental question is: Do you want to be a solopreneur, or because because you because of what you do is 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 like creating art, or are you like me and you just started out as a solopreneur and you want more? And it's a different path and a different journey for that. If it's if you if you If you see what you do uh, as more of an art, more of a job shop type, then 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 do that. Don't worry about growing and expanding. But if you want to grow and expand, don't you know don't get don't limit yourself by only ever thinking about trading time for money. So what should what would they need to do? And I talk about this a lot also. It's like,
0: what do you tell them, right? Because people come in when they come in as a solopreneur, they very right. often come in with the talent, the skill, a discipline already. And they say, okay, well, let me bill out for it myself. Instead of working for the man, I'll work for the men.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of how I look
0: at it. You know, I always tell people, like, well, I'm tired of having a boss. I'm like, well, get ready for 50.
1: Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> I would say find a way to document your expertise in a product of some sort. And don't sell it based on time. Sell it based on the value that you deliver from that product or service.
0: I love that. Can you and give then, an example of what that would look like for someone? Take uh, you know what? Let's let's say you came as from a CPA, right? And I have a bunch of um, clients that are accountants, bookkeepers, yeah, CPAs. Yeah. Um, what would that look like for someone? Let's say you know, let's say similar to you, but obviously very different because of where you landed, yeah. but. They leave their CPA firm and they say, I want to go yeah. solo. Um, and so they start billing out as an accountant, as a CPA. They, they go look mm-hmm. for some clients. Mm-hmm. They go make some lunch dates or just some phone dates, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what, and again, accounting especially is such a, a service industry. Yeah. What could someone like that do to stop trading dollars yeah. for hours?
1: So let, let's say that you're an accountant that you specialize in, in, in valuations and, and you have, you know, I call it your yes and The the, your yes is your technical expertise degree. You, 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 you have, it's the experience you have, but what is your and what makes you unique and what makes you unique is what your customers are going to buy. So if I were that person, it's evaluation. I would create some sort of product that gathers information from the customer delivers value back to them, that then I could, I could attempt to sell at a, at a very low-level entry point just to get the, the volume of people. I can help them. There's, there's enough value for the price point, and then I can start having conversations with them. In that first conversation, I would say, hey, Esty, I saw that you completed this. Just a couple of things that you might want to think about One, two, and three, in my experience, I've found blah, 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 blah. And one thing you might want to consider. Now, 90% of those people may just say, you know what, thanks for the advice, I'm gonna do it on my own. But the 10% that say, hey, do you think you could help me with that? Well, now you've created another way for you to help with them. And then if you do help them, I wouldn't sell hourly, I would sell a retainer. Okay, fair. and then you could
0: help. hire more people. I mean, accounting is one of the easiest places to hire people. But if your specialty is valuations, that might be how you uniquely look at it. So then you have to codify it. Right. And, and you're saying codify it first in a product, in a software.
1: Package it up. You know, I don't want people to hear product. I don't want them to hear software. Um, package it up. You can create a binder with, with what you do and how you do it. Don't be intimidated by you know, the term product. Or the term you know, or software, you'll get there.
0: Right. I call them service products, where basically you've taken your service and you've turned it into kind of a codified entity that is independent of your time at some level.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I love that. That's awesome. And then as you, and then as you go, you know, what, what, because you've created a product, you're not repeating the same thing over and over again, you're taking them through something that's already developed. And so that creates more and more efficient time. And because you're getting paid on a retainer, that should give you a little more time, a little more stability that then you can further develop that product or hire a team below you that you do the earlier piece, the inch, the high level piece, and then the team does implementation from there. Love it.
0: And now, I like how you started it, that, which it just is, what do you want to do? And I tell people all the time, like sometimes people come to you like, I, see, I don't want to have a whole company. I don't want to have staff. I say, no problem let's make you your own six figure salary that you've created and done. You can buy yeah. yourself a job, make yourself a job. That's totally yeah. fine. Just understand that when you create yourself a job, it's not quite the same as creating yourself a business that you run, right? You, you, you can, can create exactly your right. job. You can yeah. create yourself a business
1: different. And, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with either one. There's a lot of headaches with running a business. There's a lot, I, I, I totally get why someone wouldn't want a business they would just want a job. The flexibility is, um, is a wonderful thing. What I have found is the trap is that I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be my own consultant. Or I'm going to go out on my own. And what they do is they get their first gig and it's typically word of mouth. Somebody knows someone. And because they haven't done everything we just discussed, They get, and they're probably smart, more than likely, they get consumed by that customer, by that client. And the client likes them, and they start to work outside of the reason they were initially hired. And so the value that they can add to the organization based on their expertise starts to slip away. Then one day, that client looks up and says, I can't believe we're paying Estee this much money. We can hire someone full time for that. And then they say, "Hey, Estee, it's been great. You know what? Um, probably at the end of the next, uh, you know, the next two weeks, uh, we we probably need to end this. And and you have not been looking for any other opportunity. So then you spend about three months trying to find the next one. Then you go and find the next one, and and you're relieved. It took a little bit less money this time because. Uh, You really needed work. And then the process repeats itself because you didn't change anything. And then, after about just looking for a job, that's all you're really looking for. And and then, after about the third or fourth one, you say, You know what? I don't know if this is for me. I'm going to go and get a job again.
0: Because all you ever had was a job.
1: (laughs) That's really all you ever had. Yeah. You just had a job where you pay the employer's share of taxes. Pretty much. I like that a lot. That, that's a really, and I've
0: seen that by the way, like I've seen that with some of my clients. Um, I always say like a well-rounded practice comes in three layers, right? Yeah. So you have your core clients, right? And those are your mainstays. Everyone's got some of their bigger clients um, and those are good. And you want at least two, ideally like two to three of those yeah. core clients. Yeah. Um, then you have what I call like your mediums, you know, yeah. And these are the people who come in and out, so they're the regulars, the mediums, You know, they'll work with you for a little bit, they'll go back. And this, this is if you're a consultant, a coach, a therapist, a fitness trainer, an accountant, like in all of the, the service-based industries, this works. And then you have what I call your one-offs. These are going to come to you once and never again. But yeah. when you have that, two things happen. One, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Um, and two, and this is a lot of people don't realize, you're building a word of mouth empire. Yeah. Right. The yeah. more people who know you, who work with you, the people who won't let in one offs, but you're losing an entire audience of people who you can help in a short term who will then continue to spread your name if you were good. And, yeah. I, and I teach, um, my, my superpower is actually marketing. I'm total right, left brain combination weirdo. Um, so I teach viral, like strategic word of mouth. Yeah. Right? And part of that is you got to have people that you help that can talk about you. Right. And so this, this issue where I've seen it and I've, I've had people come to me where they were like, they were doing something very successful. And exactly like you say, this guy comes and they help and they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then when that ends, they've got nothing. nothing. And they've got yeah. no word of mouth because they haven't been working with anyone else in who knows how long. And they start from zero. And all I yeah. thought is that they just need to get a new job. That's all, all it is that they're pitching themselves. And now we're in the gig economy. Even big companies are hiring people like this. All they're doing is buying themselves a 1099 job.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And the hard part is, you know, oftentimes people don't really appreciate um, documenting success, they don't really appreciate networking. They only look to networking when they need something. I've had people that I hadn't talked to in, in 15 years, call me up, Hey, can you meet? Yeah, absolutely. Get meet with them. You know, turns out they are switching careers and can you help me network? Cause they know I'm well networked. I introduced them to five CEOs or executives say, Hey, I really think this, you know, they never reach back out. I'm, I'm thinking, I, I don't understand. It's really no different if, you're a solopreneur and you network only to only when you need a gig, you're doing the same thing, the exact same thing. And I think that um, if you're, if you're going to commit to, to being on your own, whether it's just you, or you want to build a business, one of the things that you have to commit to is, is networking and writing about what you do in some form or fashion. And then we could, I mean, I know you, you know, content and and how you describe what you do and your success stories is, it just sort of dominates these days. I like that.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't because they get, like you said, completely embedded. And, you know, so many people operate from that place of fear that when it's like, you know, the fear is released, they just, they go, they go dark, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm safe yeah. now. I'm yeah. here now. I'm safe now. And they don't, they don't project further because they don't even want to think about what if I ever leave here? Nah, this is good. This is good. Like they don't, yeah. they don't go that
1: far. No, no, no. And I would say, you know, there's a great book called the power of habit. I don't know if you've ever Oh my read. gosh. I love it. Favorite Charles book. Duhigg is oh totally one of my people. Fabulous uh, book. He, he, he's he is. Uh, I just love, love, love that book. If you're listeners, if you're listening to this, uh, please go buy or listen to that book. But I would say after you finish reading that book, the next thing to do is make it a habit. Somehow, some way, documenting, it doesn't have to be tremendous, but document, um, and you you don't even have to publish it initially. Just get in the rhythm, get in the habit of it. But I would say document, what you believe about what you do and why you feel so strongly about it, just start writing it, three paragraphs. What you'll find is what you're looking for is consistency. If you consistently say the same thing, build on that. Go look for some other podcasts or books that can help you grow that. If it's one-off ideas, uh, I would say, don't go down a rabbit hole uh, because that's going to confuse your market. I like that. My, my habit is I wake up every morning, and I write a LinkedIn post. Um, and again, I'm very active on LinkedIn. And that's what I do. And so I and that is there is a there is a consistent theme. And I was, um, I, I still don't know that I'm good at it. But I'm, uh, I was really, really not good. And then I got a little bit better. And then I got a little bit better. So don't don't worry about it. Right? Totally. It's actually one of the things we teach. I'm also super active
0: on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's part of what helped my business really take off to like stable revenue. And so we kind of created a system around what we did and worked for our clients as well and call our LinkedIn 3030. basically yeah. a set of activities, 30 minutes a day for 30 days, whether you've been dabbling or you're like, you know, fresh to the platform. And one of the things is every day for 30 days, write a post. After that, I tell people you can do twice a week. It's fine. But every day for 30 days, put something out there. Because it's just like you're saying, even if you're not very good in the beginning, you get better. You see what resonates with your audience. You start to find patterns. Totally. And then after that, you want to do it less often. Cool. But in the beginning, especially if you're a newbie, I tell people, no one really they don't remember the next day if it they was don't. bad first of all if it was bad no one even saw it probably like what so 15 yeah. people saw something bad great don't write something like that again yeah. all good yeah. move on yeah and you know, social exactly. media is great like that you know it's it's the it's the best part and the worst part of it right cuz you do something good in 2 days it's gone too you do yeah. something terrible in less than a day it's gone cuz no one really noticed
1: but you know i think what it'll do is it when when people actually commit to it and they say i'm going to do that that's you're really going to start to separate the crowd there's people that say they want something. There's people that are willing to do and yeah. work. And 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 if they do what you just said, they will see benefits.
0: Oh, 100%. I've never seen it not work. And we run with right. the whole system that works with the connections and the DMs. It's like a whole thing. I've never seen it not
1: work. Right. Like right. We call
0: it LinkedIn for sales. Right. If yeah. you do these, I have never seen it not work. So if you want to do it, then you have to do it, but I've never seen it not work. So, so this is awesome. And... Uh, Tell me though. So now you've got the business. You're working with these yeah, bigger yeah. companies. It's amazing. What's a current business struggle
1: where you're oh, at? Oh yeah, level? yeah. I'm glad you said current because I have so many uh, <laughs> over the journey. The uh, current business business struggle is um, last fall. Well, last year we decided we we're going to create some software out of the. Um, we created a product. We'd created a product where we're taking people through a system um, we had formalized that but a, really through some client interaction we said we need to create some software what we created was uh, a minimal viable product okay Fair enough. Which, which is which is what you should do um,
0: can i just tell you what i love i love that minimal viable product and most valuable player are the yeah, same acronym yeah, yeah, because sometimes your minimum viable product is your most valuable player. Absolutely,
1: Absolutely. I had quotes. I had quotes for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for to to develop software. Well, um, we went the other way. As it turns out, we were still in beta. I mean, it, it wasn't even finalized. And I start taking screenshots and having conversations. And I and I went to. Larger companies saying, "Surely you do this well. Um, give me a little guidance on what I'm developing." And that, as it turns out, they said, "Actually, we do that very, very poorly. We need that." So now, oh, I've, wow. now, now I've got a struggle, as it were. I have developed a minimal viable product, and what I need to develop is an enterprise solution. Okay. And I don't, have, I don't. That's a lot of money, and. And, the, and 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 even if I had that much money and and was willing to do that, just because they say they're going to buy it, will they buy it? So along the way, someone told me, uh, he's actually a client now. He was not at the time. He said, "Carrie, if I were you, I would just go and talk to CEOs and figure out if you're solving the right problem. Great. So I pick up the phone and start calling CEOs take that. Let me, let me, let me, I don't, I hate when people are like, Oh, I didn't study for that test and made a 4.0. And I just did that with, I didn't just pick up. (laughs) (laughs) What I do do is I network with them through C through LinkedIn and I connect with them and I ask for a conversation. I ask for 15 minutes for their input and I value that 15%. If we're in 15 minutes, I cut it off because that's what I asked for. And if we want to reschedule and move on, but through that, they've given me great insight. So every I'm having to 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 pace myself because every conversation that I have gives me new insight into the real problem.
0: Cool. And it's yeah. not the problem
1: you thought you were solving the first time. Well, the so what I had is you've heard of the curse of knowledge? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm I'm eating up with the curse of knowledge because it's something that I developed and so what I created was something that was extremely intuitive to me that at the time I'm thinking well, why, could, why wouldn't this make sense to everyone? Well, it's because they haven't been doing it for 10 years.
0: Right. If, if it made sense for everyone, they would never need to
1: hire you. Exactly. Exactly. So um, what I did to overcome that struggle is say, okay, I know this market wants it. I'll give away the software for free and I'll, I will coach executives through this. From that, I will learn a tremendous amount through the process and make it better down the road. Okay. And is that working? It's working fabulously.
0: Awesome. We
1: continue to tweak and refine and uh, we're learning. We are learning a tremendous amount. That's it's not amazing. As, it's not as fast as I want, but that's okay. That's okay.
0: That's cool. Because I actually have a, so I have a different client who's also kind of like a, again, micro business, but working with very large companies. Yeah. Um, and their model was the opposite right? so they were building this massive software product um but what they did is they went out and they pre-sold it. I mean they found companies, a couple that said we want this so much and he said great, I can build it for you and he had the credibility. Yeah, he had worked in yeah, it. Yeah. Um but I don't have the investments and I'm not looking to invest. If you guys are willing to invest and you know like any kind yeah. of quote unquote tech startup gave him a certain percentage of the business, not yeah. a ton, but enough. Yeah. Um you know, you'll be the first users. You'll have yeah. a certain piece of the company, but you're gonna fund all the development. Yeah, and it worked.
1: Ah, oh, very cool. I
0: like that. Yeah, so it's it's a completely different model that I want to throw yeah. it out to you because could be you could use something like that as you go forward as well.
1: Yeah, it could. You know, I right now my 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 focus is I said growth. I mentioned growth companies. And there's you know it's a. Um. I love working with companies that have big ambitions, big dreams. I just love it. I love it. Someone that, you know, there's a lot of companies that, um, th- that well, I would f- I'll probably say no statistic by the way to back this up. So I'm going to go with the 50, 50, but I would say there's probably at least half of the companies that either do no planning for what they want to achieve and where they want to go, or they do, and I'm using air quotes for your listeners, they use operational planning, meaning, right. Okay, well, we, uh, we did this much last year. We're going to grow by 10%. And, and, and so therefore, that means I can spend 10% more on marketing. It's like, what? what? <laughs>
0: that and it's so-, so nonlinear also. Like real growth yeah. is so nonlinear. Um, like I always teach the bell curve, right? Like yeah. that's like my biggest, um, because I think so few people understand it, you yeah. know? And one of the things I do when I do our initial assessments of a company is, where are you on the bell curve? Right? Are you in that initial like, you know, slow start phase? Are you in the super growth phase? No. Are you in the slowing growth phase? Are you in the law of diminishing returns? Like, right. Where are you? Because that yeah. dictates what you're gonna do next. And so a company who puts an extra 10% in at the speedy growth phase, probably not enough, and it's not worth it. A company who puts 10% in, when the, they've hit the law of diminishing returns, they just need to completely change strategies. That money's gonna just be less useful than it was previously. Yeah. yeah. Um but I yeah, so many people don't take that big picture into account and they're just like, well, this worked before. Let's do that plus two.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would encourage your listeners if they if they um wherever they are right now, if they if it starts to grow and wherever they are on that bell curve that you just referenced, never stop thinking about um what it would take or challenging yourself to always be at the start. Because that's where innovation happens. If you wait to start innovating on the back end of the bell curve, it's too late. Yeah, you want to always be doing it. That's I love
0: that hundred percent because yeah. then you never hit that downturn.
1: Yeah, you know, because because the goal
0: is kind of to get up to that peak and then start another one and then start yeah. another one. And yeah. I, I look at it almost like mountain climbing. Like you go, you hit a, like a little plateau. You're like, ah. okay, yeah. and then you start going, and then you start climbing again. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. keep going.
1: Yeah, and things mature. But you're not waiting to um uh, you're not saying I'm going to let them mature and die. You're you're when you before you hit maturity, you're you're challenging yourself again, reimagining what could be. Right. It's that growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Yes. And and I never I heard there's a book on it. I never read it. Just someone was telling me book. about it's it. A, it's a fabulous book. What's should.
0: it called? I, I don't uh, even know what the book is.
1: Give me a second. I will um
0: because I've heard of it, and, and a good friend of mine told me about it. And to me, I struggle to always remember what fixed mindset is. Like I'm always like growth mindset and something else. <laughs> like there's there's growth mindset because I'm so in the growth mindset that I have to like kind of remind myself that there's another version.
1: Yeah, growth IQ, I think, cool. might be it. Or, or I'll keep I'll keep scrolling. As as, for
0: all of you listening, it's kind of just you know some people fixed mindset. They want to get to a place. They no, no, no.
1: Stay- no, it's mindset by Carol Dweck.
0: Oh, that's what it's called,
1: mindset. Mindset, okay. yeah. And, Love it. Uh, yeah,
0: Carol Dweck. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, some people get to that fixed place, and they're like, "Okay, I'm happy here." You know, and those people will stay at the similar corporate position or or at a similar business level, and that's fine. And they're happy there. And I, I again, like my, um, I'm a certified professional coach for over 10 years. I don't yeah. advertise it because coaches get a bad rap. But for yeah. me, a big part of my work is, where do you want to get to? You know, it sounds like you also like you're saying. The solopreneur journey is great. What is your journey? Right. so some people want to stay there, and that's fine. Let's get you up to that fixed place that you're happy at, fab. And let's just make sure that we never hit that downturn, that we're always innovating just enough to keep you in that fixed place because otherwise life's a downward escalator. But growth mindset means as soon as I get to that place that I wanted to get to, I'm like, all right, did that, next.
1: Okay, so this this is a really cool story. There's a guy named Chip Conley, and he is actually – he's an advisor to Airbnb Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: some other really cool companies, but he has started a company um, called modern elder, elder Academy. Cool. Okay. Just that
0: name is interesting.
1: It's so cool. But he, but but the concept is, is, is people, you don't stop learning because you retire. And uh, there could be a second or a third career there, but what he, what he mentioned, and these aren't his exact words, but if you look back on your resume and what you say is uh, you, you just take the same five things that you did and you just change the company title, you think about how much, how, how much of uh, valuable experience that you delivered that you just let disappear, vanish. That's your, that is a growth mindset to say, no, I'm going to build on the next one. I'm not going to do, I'm not a widget. Right. Uh, but anyway, I love that company. That's very cool. All right. I'm going yeah. to check that out.
0: Yeah. All right. This has been amazing, by the way. So where, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about what you do?
1: LinkedIn. Learn I about I'm, the
0: software. Maybe the software is for them. Like, yeah. The free stuff.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, I would say LinkedIn's probably the best. I'm very active. I do a post. Mm-hmm. Uh daily, I do <laughs> some very silly. We started doing a um a Friday what we call a Friday fun fact, and it's a video, and we give some things that we find on the internet that are facts and i and I used air quotes again because we have no idea whether or not they are actually a fact, but it's fun, and I cannot tell you um how many people say, Man, I love your i mean like executives that say, I love that. So what, you know, your version of that to let people know, um, Hey, I am, uh, I'm not stiff. I'm a human. Um, I, I, you know, if we feel like we jive and can do business together, let's have a conversation. It's simply that. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, you'll find some, uh, some pretty uh, consistent, uh, posts and listen if any if I can help out anyone I'm always open to a conversation.
0: Okay, I love that. So guys we'll put the link to Carrie's LinkedIn on the show notes. So at SDRAN.com slash 67 where you can just search him, Carrie Room, um, and you'll find him over there. I love it because we also we, I do fun Friday. Um so oh, I search you. for funny videos. Um so um you know one week recently we put up um if email in real life and yeah. it's really funny. Um another one we put up recently was Oh, what's it called? Um, how to solve conflict using body language. To solve. Oh. Like I just hunt for these like funny things. And if it makes me laugh until I cry,
1: exactly, then
0: it goes out to the audience. Oh,
1: I love it. Um, I to check it out.
0: But yeah. So hashtag fun Friday on LinkedIn is also like one of my things. And um, definitely super, super into that. Okay. So guys check out Carrie on LinkedIn, reach out, learn more about his software and, uh, so, Carrie, I like to end off actually with a quote. I like to surprise my guests and ask okay. them to share a quote with us. So, you've shared yeah. a couple cool ones throughout the episodes. No. You can lean on one of those. It doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can no. be. Got it. Um, I'd love if you can give us one.
1: Got it. Day. All right, you ready? Yeah. Um, water the seed. Ooh. Water the seed, and the seed is, um, the seed is that thing that inspires you, that it motivates you. I hear so many people that claim they want something and they don't invest in themselves. We have a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips right now. Take the initiative, invest in yourself, water that seed, and you will grow into, into, into things that you just thought were for someone else, and they're not.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's okay, guys. On that note, go water your seeds. I absolutely love that. And as you know, now we are in subscriber mode. So, for a while, I was asking you for reviews, those were awesome. Thanks a lot. Feel free to still do them. However, what the main thing I want you to do right now is I want you to share this wealth of knowledge so that you can help other people water their seeds as you water yours by listening to this amazing show. So, kindly pause what you're doing for like 15 seconds and go and send a message to someone or tell the person next to you or, you know, knock on the bathroom stall next to yours or wherever you are. All right. And go and tell someone else, you know, you've got to check out the business, Breakthrough podcast. Like this stuff is genius. It's going to change your life and your business. So go and share the love and the wealth and check out the show notes, learn more about Carrie at sdrand.com slash 67 and we will catch you next week carrie thank you
1: i love it thanks enjoy the conversation you've been listening to the business breakthrough podcast with sd rand if you're looking for a breakthrough in your business reach out at
0: sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show everyone's got a business struggle what's yours